You're listening to Racing HQ with Dave Stanley on Sky Sports Radio. I'm there to chat with Vince Accardi from dailysectionals.com.au. Hello, Vince. Good morning, Dave. How's it going? Very good, mate. I'm in beautiful Mudgee in the central tablelands of New South Wales ahead of the Mudgee Cup today and looking forward to tomorrow's Group 1 racing. I want to take you west, mate. The Winterbottom Stakes. It will be at 20 past 8 Sydney time tomorrow. And look, overpass at $3.20 is your favourite. Flying the flag for Bjorn Baker and Team New South Wales. What is your beautiful data? At well, I love, I love the horse that you've started with. Absolutely love it. I mean, this has to be the place where we all got to be thinking initially is what's the probability of a horse like Overpass being able to win a race like this? Firstly, the, as you know, Dave, what I like to look at is what's the hurdle rate? What do we need to be able to do performance-wise to get at least on the podium? And... The intel is clearly indicating that we need to have performances that are two lengths above the benchmark standard or greater to be a genuine competitive chance to get on the podium. Well, we don't have too much to worry about when we're talking about a horse like Overpass. Let's just take a look at that last run on the 14th of the 10th. 2.2, well, 1.8 lengths above the IBR benchmark was the actual overall final figure. It went 0.3 above benchmark through the first 400 metres. Between the 8 and the 4, it was 5.4 lengths faster than standard. And with that type of exertion, the horse is entitled to just have a little bit of softening, and it did. It ended up producing the last 400 metres around 0.7 above I don't feel the horse could have done much more than that under that circumstance. Even when I peel it back even further, that previous run on the 16th of the 9th, over 1,100, was also outstanding for overpass. And the reality is it only needs to bring last star performance to almost be an automatic top four finisher. But I love this, Dave. We only just got to go back to April Ascot, the 15th. There it is. 3.6 lengths above the IVR benchmark when it won at 1,200 metres. In a race that had high pressure because of the surface being a lot quicker, the horse was travelling 4.3 lengths faster than standard that day. It was still running very strong all the way to the finish line. In fact, last 400 metres was better than what it did last start at Randwick. Just to give you the insight about how well this horse performs at 1,200 metres and on dry ground. If it does that, Dave, we will be collecting. And I can't have it anywhere but on top. Yeah. What about, are you not concerned about the barrier? Well, 11 isn't a barrier that I would personally say is bad news and this is the reason why as long as Josh gets cover we're going to be fine when the rail's in the 8th position what happens is when they turn for home all the horses are pretty much in the lanes because you only need to be a couple off the fence to be in what's considered the beginning of the fastest part of the track but here's the exciting part when the rail's out 8 at Ascot they actually get 10, 15 off the fence Dave and when you get into that position and win by the way 
you're going to be probably buying two or three lengths of extra speed over the last three or 400 metres. Just need to not have traffic. That's all. When a horse negotiates for home, all Josh Parr's got to do is be in that three... Well, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be in the three-wide running lane with some cover, and he's, he's going to get every opportunity to win the race and possibly get the fastest part of the ground. Yeah, okay. So, all right. 3.20 currently uh, for overpass the winner bottom stakes. Is there anything jumping out the page for you to, we need to throw in exotics in the race that might not the market might not be respecting? Yeah, one of the, I feel at some value, a little bit like Don shoot last week, Red Can Man. This horse profiles to get the perfect race shape. It's in, going to be in the golden position. It's drawn 10, so it's only one barrier difference between the two. But we'll be pushing forward and will absolutely uh, have the golden run. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Harvey's on at uh, barrier 10, around that $15 price. That's it. This is why I felt this was a horse that had to be genuinely considered. Another runner that's sort of trending upwards as well. Uh, I mean, of course, everybody always wants, you know, fairy tale dreams like myself as well. I'd love to see Damien be able to uh, win a race like this, Damien Oliver. Triple missile's not one without a chance. Does have to find that length, length and a half to sort of match what Overpass has been doing recently. But who knows? Maybe the gods will line up for it and it will run big and, and hopefully place. All right. Uh, that's a look at Ascot. Um, I want to ask you about Caulfield. Yes. Because we've got the uh, Zipping Classic on. So this just shows, obviously, your versatility with the data. And, of course, dailysectionals.com.au is where you can head and you can be buying the race day packages, which we'll talk about at the end with Vince. But uh, Duke DeCessor is a 380 favourite in the Zipping Classic tomorrow in front of the old marble, Vow and Declare, who there has been some support and money for Vow and Declare, Vince. He's currently at 420. Well... We've seen that this horse has come back. This, you know, this whole preparation has been outstanding. It's put in some big performance. But the big thing is this. I was only in the last 15 minutes having a look at what's the forecast with YR. Because obviously the track's come up good, but it's impossible that it's going to stay good unless that rain stays well. And it's going to be a thumper. The rain, based on YR... It's going to start falling from about 2 o'clock in the morning, and it just won't stop all day. Wow. So it's very, very challenging to sit here and say, oh, will this track be good? We have to be realistic and say we're going to be in the wet ground. And that's a massive negative for Van de Clare. So maybe, you know... The prudent money that's been sort of put on early, they are going to be hoping the rain gods don't appear because this horse does drop about three to four lengths in its profile when it's on the wet ground. All right, so that's something to take note of tomorrow, Caulfield, the wet ground. Yeah, and yeah, I, Caulfield, I, just the so wet you, ground. you know, Dave, I, based on... The efficiency of YR is very strong. It's what all the growers use right across Australia and many parts of the world. So, and it's all about having that detail of how much rain is going to fall for what they're doing for, as farmers. And the reality is I only just turned on the wet track indicator saying that we're going to be S6 worth, no, sorry, is the minimum, and we're probably heading for a H8, and that's what I'm going to factor in. And what I'm also going to factor in for Caulfield is that 
Caulfield tends to chop out dramatically from around the 550 mark all the way into around that 370, 380 metre mark. It's just that patch of ground where there are challenges. Now, the rail's going to be out five, so expect them to scout. I'm not a negative to bet on wet grounds as long as you have clarity of understanding about how that track's going to be ridden. If you have confidence, and Caulfield is very typical, Dave, that when the rain comes, they have this situation when you turn around in that, uh, between, inside the 600-metre mark, the field will slow and they'll get wider. This is actually good to know that because, therefore, you can be on midfielders, you can even be on back markers because they're all going to scout to the right and they're the fast, fastest part of the track and there's a slowing, which means the field compresses and it allows a lot of horses the opportunity to really be given their chances in the home straight. And those leaders, if they overextend coming to that 600-metre mark and really put the, you know, the accelerator down, they're going to be the first ones to put the flag up when you get to the 300 or the 250 mark. This is why I love being on midfielders, even slightly further back, when you have this set up. I love it, Vincent Carty. And one thing, too, with your particular packages, mate, uh, let's say, obviously, if it, that rain does come, your information will be updated tomorrow morning based on that, won't it? Correct. And I'm... Of course, we're going to wake up in the morning. We're going to see if the YR's been matched with what's happening because I put the radar specifically around that whole Caulfield region. And we should be waking up around 6.30 tomorrow morning, as an example, when they put their first bit of detail up and we should be seeing a figure that says S. And if the rain stays away... Well, then I'll be beating my chest as well and say, okay, well, that's not going to happen. We'll stick to what we originally thought on a good track. You have to be prepared for both, Dave. This is the great part of this sport. Where else can you do that in this type of game to test your mind and your skills? Exactly right. A few texts coming in here. So this YR, is this a site that we can all use? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody can use it. Okay, it's a company so... that uh, is, uh, operates out of Denmark and they're an absolute global leader and all the major growers in this country, they absolutely... That's their Bible, if you want to call something a Bible or, or I don't know what's another a better term, but that's what everybody okay. uses that's in the growing game. Right. So the, And so basically this... And I'm on this website now. So for those that obviously love their weather and do form basin around weather, and they might read the, the bomb here, the bureaumeteorology.gov.au, uh, there is a company called yr.no... Yep. And you can be searching areas and, and searching locations. You can locations. go very specific. You can even put it in there like I do. Caulfield Racecourse, bang, it'll get the closest station to it. And usually it's not that far there because the train station's just across the road. And wow. that's where the sock is. Yeah, okay. So, and I'm just, well, I'm in Mudgee at the moment and I'm putting it right down here at the moment. So it's got the Mudgee <laughs> weather and wow. And I do yeah, love weather, Vince. Like so I did Roseville as well because I thought, oh, well, let's see what's happening. But we already had a good inkling and understand that we are going to be on some soft ground at Roseville. And, and there's never anything wrong with that. With these big tracks, like these metro tracks, one shouldn't be afraid at all to participate under these conditions, particularly if you know an event. It's only when you get those flash hits that you can sort of be a bit bamboozled or if you go to some of the provincial circuits where it... They don't race on it as often, and you have to be completely reliant on what the riders are going to do because they're going to be the best people on the ground to know how to ride the track. 
Yeah, exactly right. Now, tell me something, uh, Vince. I am in Mudgee. I'm going to put you on the spot here, and this just shows how versatile yep. your data and information is. Sure. The, the Mudgee Cup is today, and for those people that are, uh, are doing the form at Mudgee or I'm going to have a bet, you can yep. buy, obviously, all your race day packages in relation to today. This cup. Yep, what uh, race is, is it? It's race seven. It's Mudgee race seven. Got I might ask you a, a two-pronged attack. Done. Mudgee race seven, which is the cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Tavi time was very popular here at the Calcutta last night, and a lot of money was spent buying it. Is yep. your data suggesting that it's going to run very well? And the second thing I'll ask you is, just scanning over each of the races, is there something that stands right out for you as a special in, in little... In this race here? Oh, just in general, in, in, in the races, just by scanning over your... Um, okay, well, your... Let, well I, what's... Because I'm not, like, tuned in as you are in yep. terms of the track. What's soft the condition seven. right now of the grounds there? Fine, not a cloud in the sky, soft seven, possibly right. improving. Okay, well, the beauty is we can put the wet track indicators on and we can get some inside. Well, make no mistake, <laughs> there's a few horses that like handling the wet ground and I can understand why Tabby Time is liked because it is a horse that handles the wet ground. What Has there been any money for what a deal? A little bit, yes. Uh, okay, well, this is another runner that has yeah. an outstanding wet track profile. It's got a WTI. This is the, the benchmarking figure that we get based on the acceleration of a horse uh, on any given 200 metres on wet ground. It has a 7.3 is its acceleration. And to give you some comparison, Tabby Time has a 6.1. So what a deal, slightly better horse on wet ground. But then what we've got to do is we're going to say, okay, what's the variance in the class between the two horses? Well, the IVR data that I'm utilising is indicating Tabby Time's about a half length better horse. Not going to be a lot between these two runners. And what I'm looking at, you know, with the wet ground, you need to be fit. There's no question what a deal is going to be very fit going into this race, looking at the intel. So I wouldn't dismiss that horse as not being a chance. Last start winner as well. Has to be hard in this race, obviously, from Toby time. Yeah, OK, all right. So they're the top two in the market. They were both very popular last night. Just and now I'm looking to see if yeah. we can spot another runner. Even if it's races. late in the day. Cause, okay, here we go. I'm just looking here. What, at... what I love, punters, is I've, I've legitimately put Vince on the spot here. Yep. And this just shows, I guess, the power of your understanding of the data and the fact that, um, you know, this is available. A lot of people just think this might be just Saturday-related. No, but, no, no. But uh, it's every day. Absolutely. The, the form is done as, again, how lucky are we, right? I mean, some people say you're not lucky, but to be in a sport that pretty much functions three, six, five days a year, even when we had the tremendous challenges with COVID, racing never stopped. That's how important it is, A, as an industry, and B, for all the people that live in this country that like this sport. It's, it's just fantastic. I love it that I wake up every day knowing that I've got plenty of work to do. I'd hate I like it if I woke up and said, that, what am I going to do? Well, what, 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 has anything else jumped yeah, out well, here? Okay, so I was looking at race number six. you just got to help me out for a second. Any scratchings yep. in race six? Okay, so one scratching, driving force has been scratched, number okay, six. Okay, so that's the only runner that's been scratched. And this is uh, race number six at Mudgee, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. 
Right, I'm looking right now, and here are the runners. I'm just, I want to check their wet track profile. There was a, what price right now is a horse called Brogan's Creek? Brogan's Creek is currently $34.06 okay. the place. That was first up, Dubbo. When you look at that performance, yes, it finished fourth. Overall, IVR figure was only 5.2. The intel is indicating a massive improvement to come. This is a horse that gets through the wet ground, but not, I would say, an absolute swimmer. So I'm just a little bit on the fence now as I'm looking. What about the horse number one? Uh, is that Mo, Mo, oh, you're the Moeta. Moeta. Yeah, Moeta. What have we got there? 380. $3.80 yeah, second favourite. Okay. This is a runner that has excellent wet track profile. It's got a current indicator that sits at 7.2. When we compared it to the other race, it's like as good as those runners on wet ground. Wow. Oh. What's the distance? 1,200 metres. Absolutely gets the 1,200 metres. Last start, winner at 1,200 metres. Even on the adjusted figures, it's coming in anywhere between 1.3 lengths below benchmark and 2.4. To win this race, you need around 1.4 below. So that would probably be the runner that I'd be edging to in that race. Moeta at $3.80 for a great trainer in... In the Rob, um, in Brett Rob, and, and also uh, Clayton Gallagher, who's uh, one of uh, well, he's leading, I think you'll find, out in these parts and in, in country. He's uh, he's flying at the moment, Clayton Gallagher. So that's three dollars eighty there. And as I said, that's just purely Vince looking at the data this morning. I'll put him on the spot with those Mudgy races, but you can be getting your Mudgy pack if you want on DailySectionals.com.au, and also Vince for tomorrow, mate, all across the country. Well, I'm going to be sticking with the strength like you are. Hopefully, I don't know. I'm really keen to be on overpass. The only thing that's going to turn me off is for some unknown reason, the horse parades poorly. But if this horse parades well, like I'm expecting it to, then I want to be at the crease backing this horse. Okay. I like it. I like it, Vince. One more before I let you go, and this is the beauty of our, our punters listening here. Uh, hi, Dave. Uh, love Vince on a Friday morning. Have used his packages and will continue to use over the summer and the autumn. Very keen on hearing Vince's thoughts. And race five, Mudgy, horse number four, Indicative, who is first up. Love Cam Crockett. Love the show. I'm, I love that. I, and this is what I enjoy the most, Dave, is when we can have that interaction and we get someone put a runner to us to have a look at. Okay, well, firstly, it's a 1,400-metre race. A few things that we can look at instantly. We don't have to go too far back when this horse was performing at Ramwick and producing some excellent performances that are around that two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half lengths below benchmark. Now, you've got to put it into context. I'm saying excellent for this type of profile, this track. The benchmark requirement for this race is around 2.6 lengths below benchmark, and that's how I look at it. So just because some horses never break benchmark, that doesn't mean that they're not good propositions. It's all relative to the scale. Now, I have a look at what it's done this campaign. First up, Rose Hill, 12th of the 8th. It's back in August, so I'm going to dismiss that altogether and look more closely at the run at Tamworth on the 25th of the ninth. Now, on that day, the horse was ran four of eight. Overall performance on the scorecard was seven and a half lengths below benchmark. But here's what the little signs are. Number one, when I look at the mid-race squeeze of the horse that day, it was 4.9 lengths, uh, 4.2 lengths of acceleration between the eight and the four. That's the second biggest exertion the horse has had in its career. And the reason why I want to highlight that is 
usually when they have a break and they have that type of performance, they're going to blow out in conditioning, but they're usually big pickup runs. In, in, in other words, at their subsequent start, they're going to be big improvers. This horse has run at Mudgee, and it is a winner, and it has a performance of around 4.2 lengths below benchmark. So what we need for a runner like this to be able to win this race has to lift around two lengths from his performances Tamworth to be competitive. My biggest concern, if I've got any, is that wet track profile. It's very important. We've got to bring uh, this into play. When it did produce that performance at Mudgee, and I'm looking at what the ground conditions on that day were, and what we look at is we look at the raw figures. The raw figures on that day was around nine, nine lengths below benchmark, giving me the indicator that the track was around the S6 range. And you're saying, well, is it, what are you saying the track is about S7? Yeah, did you S7. Say, or did you say S7. S7? Oh, it's an S7 okay, at the moment. Okay, S7. No, yeah. no rain. Well, maybe I might take that back a little bit. If we are going to be genuinely, Dave, on S6, S7 ground, that's about as far as I would extend myself with that horse. But if you got into the heavy ground, I would probably steer clear of it. Okay. Indicative 320. All right, I like it. But I really like the fact that uh, we've got Moeta in race six we can follow. Obviously, Tavi time and what a deal today for our Mudgy Cup audience. And also the fact that we're looking at those runners tomorrow. Vince, as always, you're an absolute gentleman, mate. Appreciate you coming on this morning. Look forward to chatting with you next week. And, uh, in fact, I actually won't be with you next week, Vince. I'm actually heading to Hong Kong, mate, for the international races. So I think you'll have uh, Luke Marlowe next week. Unless you want to get on the plane, Vince, and get over to Hong Kong with us. Well, put it this way. I am planning on doing that, but not this time round. I've got to plan a little bit further in advance than that, but I have got plans to go there for sure. But it will be will, maybe after the big international competition. Will you be having any... At those I'm happy races. to reach out and see if there's a runner that we can consider. Yeah, that would be great. I might actually get Luke to do that for us because I know that we're going to be doing that with the big sports breakfast. We're going to be over there next Thursday and Friday, myself and Laurie Daly, and we're oh, really looking exciting. forward to it, that mate. That is fantastic. And while you're, good in, well, you're actually a great ambassador for racing, and keep it going, Dave.